This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventure in Acts with Saul preaches Jesus, Saul in Jerusalem and the healing of Aeneas, Dorcas restored to life, Cornelius's vision, and finally, Peter's vision. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Holy God, holy and most gracious Father, have mercy and hear us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God. reading from John chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you will, you will not understand now, but afterward you will understand. 
So Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who it was that was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you do these things, blessed are you if you do them. O Lord, have mercy on us. to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I have a confession to make this morning about myself that most of you probably do not know about me. One of my first jobs when I was a senior in high school and during my first two years of college uh, and even into some summers uh, was to serve as an orderly in a hospital. Now, some of you are so young that you probably have never even heard that job title. An orderly is a nurse's, a male nurse's aide who has additional duties. Uh, you know, men were uh, uh, somewhat circumspect years ago and didn't want nurses to do certain activities like male surgical preps of private areas or the insertion of catheters, so the orderly took care of that. So basically, I was a nurse's aide with some extra duties. That means during those years, I changed many beds, did many bed baths, filled many water pitchers, emptied many bedpans and urinals, and cleaned up many messes. That job, however, more than any other job I had prior to seminary, helped prepare me for the pastoral office because I learned very early the importance of serving people in need. People who are sick are very vulnerable and they needed help with the very basic physical needs. And I was there as an orderly to serve them. The evangelist John focuses on what Jesus did and said on the evening prior to his crucifixion over the course of five chapters in his gospel. And the reading is from the very first of those five chapters of the farewell discourse. Jesus' action of stripping off 
his outer garments, wrapping a towel around his waist, pouring water into a basin, kneeling down then to wash the feet of his 12 disciples, vividly illustrates for us and for his disciples the importance of being willing to serve others in the most humble of ways. Keep in mind that washing feet is something people in the first century who walked a lot in the dirt, unlike us who have all of those nice shoes, they walked in sandals and in dusty conditions. Washing feet is something that you did yourself. Even a master would not ask his disciples to wash his own feet. And yet here, Jesus, their Lord and Master, washes the feet of his disciples. Here, uh, he is showing and, the, the, and illustrating the nature of the apostolic ministry that he would soon impart to these disciples just a few days later on Easter Eve as he comes to them in the upper room, breathes on them the Holy Spirit and says, even as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. That high office would be one of humble and lowly service to others. Not only do Jesus' actions here illustrate uh, this humble service to others that it's to characterize the apostolic ministry, but his words explicitly that follow this action explicitly unpack and explain this. Listen to him once again. You heard him just a moment ago. Jesus said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, then you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor an apostle. I'm translating um, apostelos there. It was translated as messenger in the ESV. Nor an apostle greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. The point is not that Jesus wants us to actually be washing one another's feet. The point is not that we should replace the Lord's Supper on Monday, Thursday with a foot washing rite, or that we should build into our seminary curriculum a class where we wash one another's feet, or that you in your first congregation should establish a congregational retreat where you wash one another's feet. The action of Jesus, as he says, is an example, an illustration of the kind of willingness and, and, and commitment to humble service that is to characterize, especially those put into the office of Jesus, the apostolic ministry, as well as those who support the apostolic ministry. I know we have deaconesses here. I'm teaching them this week as well as every Christian who is a follower of Jesus. Yes, pastors are to serve our neighbor, deaconesses are to serve our neighbor, 
Christians are to serve our neighbor. Jesus illustrated this humble service to others, not only in what he did here in the upper room, not only what he said unpacking that action of washing feet, but especially the next morning when he was stripped naked and then took up his cross and journeyed willingly on behalf of all sinners to your place and mine, to the place where he endured the wrath of God for your sins and mine, the wrath of God for all sin of all time. In this ultimate act of service, this ultimate act of humbling himself, humbling himself even to the point of death, death on a lowly cross, a, a, a execution symbol. He freed us from the slavery of sin and death so that we now are in that privileged position of not only being servants, but also being sons of God and heirs of life everlasting. Yes, in baptism, Jesus not only has washed your feet, but he has washed your entire being and joined himself to you so that his life can now be lived out in your life, in your life of service. It is this supreme servant and this act of service which shapes our servanthood and our service in ministry. I remember getting that phone call early in the morning from one of my members who had just arrived at his son's home. His son hadn't responded to phone calls. So he had driven out to his house near Traverse City where I was the pastor. And he found his son on his bed, dead. So he called his pastor. So I did what needed to be done that morning. I dropped everything. I drove to that house to be with that grieving father who was in shock, to be at the bedside of his dead son who was cold because he had been dead for three days from insulin shock. He was a diabetic. And I prayed with that father and I brought the promises of scripture to that father. But I also phoned the police. I also phoned the funeral home. I also stayed with that father through the police interview. I stayed with that father while the body of his son was wheeled out by the funeral director. But I also took care of the two dogs that had been in the house for three days and had torn up the kitchen looking for food. And I even cleaned up the poop that had, uh, that had gone into that house during those three days those dogs had been with their deceased master. I did what needed to be done. No matter how lowly, I didn't say, hey, that wasn't in my, my call document. Now, Jesus 
illustrates what service is. And service can't all be put into your call documents, but you respond in the way that is needed. As in my days as a hospital orderly, I did what needed to be done. I served. It is Jesus who taught us. The greatest among you is the servant of all. Just as Jesus said to his disciples that night before his death, he says to you today, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Amen. The peace of God which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.
I cry to you, O Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. My mouth is filled with your praise. And with your glory all day. Every day I will bless you. And praise your name forever and ever. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness. O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of our seas. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He redeems your life from the pit. And crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, your mercy attends us all our days. Be our strength and support amid the wearisome changes of this world. And at life's end, grant us your promised rest and the full joys of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, you have called us to be your children and heirs of your gracious promises in Christ Jesus. Grant us your Holy Spirit, that we may forsake all covetous desires and the inordinate love of riches. Deliver us from the pursuit of passing things, that we may seek your kingdom of your Son and trust in his righteousness, and so find blessedness and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life.